Good afternoon. I'd like to talk a little bit about uh, having explained why we should make progress towards reduced crude protein diets. I'd like to talk a little bit about the progress that we have perhaps made, but we're, we're getting there. Now, one of the uh, things that have, uh, has intrigued us with reduced crude protein diets is this particular amino acid, threonine. Now, okay, threonine is an essential amino acid. Uh, broilers can't make it themselves. You've got to give it to them. It's an essential amino acid. After lysine and methionine, it's the third limiting amino acid. It's important. It's also abundant and endogenous protein secretions into the gut. It's a, uh, the kingpin amino acid in mucin. And as a result of endogenous flows of threonine, it's, it's got a low uh, apparent digestibility coefficient. That's kind of textbook stuff. On the other hand, in, in broilers, glycine and serine are interchangeable. They're interconvertible. Uh, so quite often, guys will express glycine and serine together as glycine equivalents. And that's easily calculated. You just make the adjustment for the relative molecular weight. So glycine equivalence equals the concentration of glycine plus the concentration of serine multiplied by a factor of 0.7143. The reason I mention glycine equivalence is that threonine is regarded as a precursor of glycine and therefore effectively also a precursor of serine. But in theory, yes. In practice, probably not. And, that, and it becomes important because in reduced crude protein diets, no risk glycine equivalents are very important. Now, uh, this paper, uh, I'd, I'd like to introduce Brian Fancher and Leo Jensen, and they published this paper back in 1989, and this sort of started our interest. Because what they found was that in a reduced crude protein diet, the level of free threonine in, in plasma, your threonine plasma concentrations spiked or increased by 124%. That's huge. And the other amino acids stayed pretty much about the same, but threonine skyrocketed. Now, if you want to look at it in a little bit more detail, they fed to female birds, they fed an 18.3% crude protein diet, and they reduced that to, uh, uh, they reduced the diet, and then they fed three. 15.9% crude protein diets with slightly different amino acid profiles, but the threonine level remained the same. So with threonine specifically, you had 876 uh, nanomoles per milliliter in the high, high crude protein diet, and that was increased to an average 
of, of 1958.7 in the three reduced crude protein diets for an overall increase in 123.6%. And in comparison, the other amino acids stayed pretty much about the same. And in fact, the only uh, other significant differences were recorded uh, over and above threonine. The only other significant differences were in methionine and isoleucine. But were we glad that Brian Fanshaw and, and Leo Jensen published that? Because what we've seen consistently is much the same thing. Now, we could have thrown more studies in, but if you combine five of our studies, one by Amy Moss, four by Peter Crystal, if you combine those studies together, there is a quadratic relationship. So as diet recruit protein goes down, up goes your plasma threonine levels. Uh, so much so that from the quadratic equation, you can calculate that if you reduce diet recruit protein from 20.4% to 15.4%, you would get an increase in free threonine concentrations of from 572 to 1239, which is a very modest increase of 117%. So Fanshawe and Jensen recorded it way back in 1989, and we have consistently been seeing the same thing. So why? Because it does look as if the spikes in threonine concentrations, it does look as if the elevated concentrations in threonine are related to poorer performance. So again, if we look at the same five studies, there's a quadratic relationship where as plasma threonine levels start to skyrocket, feed conversion ratios go exactly the wrong way. And with, with, with increasing feed conversion ratios, we, we get more fat deposition. And, but I want to stress that we're not saying the elevated threonine levels are the cause of poor feed conversion ratios, but I think they are indicative of compromised growth performance and they are probably indicative of a physiological aberration. So, threonine is an essential amino acid. So, those spikes in threonine plasma concentrations can't happen because the bird is manufacturing more threonine. That's not on. So, effectively, the only way it can happen is if the catabolism, if the degradation of threonine is down-regulated. Now, threonine, in theory, there are three enzymes lurking in the liver that can crack threonine. Threonine aldolase can break threonine down to glycine and acetaldehyde. Threonine dehydratase can break threonine down to alpha-ketobutyrate. And threonine dehydrogenase will break threonine down to glycine and acetyl-CoA. So there's no doubt that threonine can be catalyzed to, to glycine, but is it? Uh, Agaki in Japan working with Japanese quail, they decreed that the, the main enzyme is threonine dehyd dehydrogenase. 
And in fact, they, uh, they saw that threonine dehydrogenase was responsible for 88% of the catabolism of threonine in the liver. So threonine dehyd dehydrogenase is the specific enzyme we're worried about. And if it was fully active uh, in birds on a reduced crude protein diet, threonine would be converted to glycine, which in actual fact, we don't see. There's been at least seven papers written about uh, the TDH activity in poultry, but boy, they're not conclusive. And I think the conclusion of Davis and Austin shows, shows you how inconclusive they are because they suggested that threonine dehydrogenase activity is influenced more by dietary protein levels or other amino acids than it is by threonine per se, which I don't, I don't think is an, ent an entirely satisfactory explanation. Now that's the sort of thing we see. Now that was in one of Peter Christ one of Peter Crystal's studies, and as you can see, as threonine increased, glycine increased. As glycine increased, threonine increased. So there is no indication there that threonine is being catalyzed to glycine. So in fact, if threonine dehydrogenase is being downregulated, then effectively threonine cannot be a glycine precursor. Remembering glycine equivalents are important, and the guys at Hohenheim University in Stuttgart, Siegert, Rodescord, and Co., they contend that the amount of glycine equivalents uh, you need in a reduced crude protein diet fall within the range of 11 to 20 grams per kilogram. And in one of our studies where we maintain glycine equivalents in a maize-based diet, we got very, very satisfactory results. Downregulation of threonine dehydrogenase activity, how could that happen? Well, we sort of stumbled over this by accident, and I should thank my colleague Shemel for this but there was work done in rats. So this is a fairly long bow, but that's okay. Um, and they found that in, in the rat liver, threonine dehydrogenase activity was uh, inhibited uh, by various fatty acids and their derivatives because of the production of acetyl-CoA. So TDH breaks threonine down to glycine and acetyl-CoA but if you throw extra acetyl-CoA from fatty acids back at that equation, you're going to drive it backwards and threonine, as, as a result, threonine dehydrogenase activity will be down-regulated. And actually, Matt Hillier back uh, at last year at APSS talked about this very thing. However, reduced crude protein diets contain less, not not more fat. I made mention of that earlier. So it's not extra fat that's generating acetyl-CoA in a reduced crude protein diet. That can't be happening. But what you can get, or what you do get, is you get more starch in a reduced crude protein diet. As a result of more starch, then you get more glucose, Glucose can be catalyzed to acetyl-CoA and you can have the same deal. Acetyl-CoA 
down-regulating threonine dehydrogenase activity because of an excess of starch and glucose. So what, what we're saying is that an excess of starch is the maybe what is driving the down-regulation of threonine de dehydrogenase activity, and that in turn is causing the spikes in threonine plasma concentrations. So to some extent, we could cap dietary starch protein ratios by replacing soya bean meal with uh, protein feedstuffs with lower concentrations. And without compromising the quality of that protein, one approach, and we plan to evaluate this early next year, one approach would be to substitute full fat soy, 36% crude protein, with soya bean meal, 47.5% crude protein, rather than replace soya bean meal with wheat. Now that will, to some extent, that will reduce the crude protein of the diet without altering starch protein ratios, which is what exactly what we want to do. So reduce crude protein diets with capped starch protein ratios, maybe the light at the end of the tunnel. We have seen very promising results and it follows that free threonine plasma levels may not spike to the same extent because you haven't got the same amount of starch generating glucose, generating acetyl-CoA. But that's something we'll be looking at early next year. So again, thank you very much.